All right, I'm here today with Sarah Wharton, Meredith Edwards, Naomi McDougall Jones. And what film are y'all with? Bite Me. All right, now what did you do on the film? I directed the film. And you? I wrote it, and I'm the vampire in it, and I produced it. And you? And I'm another producer. Excellent. Now, I'm going to ask the producer, because this is usually the best way you get the best answer. If you had to describe this film to someone who is visibly angry that they don't know what this film is about, how would you describe it? It's a subversive romantic comedy about a real-life vampire and the IRS agent who audits her. I have to sit with that for a second. That sounds rad. But do you feel angry anymore? No, I was never angry to begin with. It was a role-playing exercise. I'm continuing it. Could you possibly feel angry after that sentence is my question. How, how could you ask me that? That's just wrong. Uh, no, not more hurt. Sorry. I, uh, I mix these things. Actually, for, I think, honestly, I want angry people to come see it because they will leave unangry. They'll leave unangry. <laughs> yes, they will leave not angry anymore. And that's kind of the whole point. Now, now let me ask you, uh, when you were writing it, I was going to ask you, but then I realized you weren't the writer because I was looking this way. I'm very spatially oriented. I'm very confused. Um, sorry. Um, so when you were writing this, where did you sort of place your focus on, on the thing? Was it on the actual uh, the genre of the film, or was it within the particular characters? Like, where was your focus towards it? Um, well, I love romantic comedy. So what I discovered in watching a bunch of romantic comedies in, as research for this is that there's, there is a formula that you do need to follow in order to make it a good romantic comedy. But within that, it was really fun to figure out, like, where are the places where you can completely upend that? And where are the places, like, my goal for the film was always that you get the heart stringy, achy feeling in, like, the last moments as she's running to him. And it was like... There was one, for many cuts, it wasn't there. And then there was one cut where it showed up. And I was like, we did it. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the characters always drive the thing, really. And obviously the vampire, this culture of real-life vampires is a very fascinating thing to research. And so, yeah, how much research did you do? Did you become a real-life vampire? No, my husband said I was not allowed to try it. <laughs> but I did watch a lot of vlogs and read a lot of books. There are a lot of vampire vlogs on YouTube, which was a fact I didn't know. Yes, no, there is a scary number of them. <laughs> did you have a personal favorite that you, you attached to? Um, well, Michelle Bellinger is really very interesting and cool, and I loved listening to her. Good choice. Now, now how do you prepare, in your case, for working with a script that sounds a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the same way that I would prepare for, for any script, because I think all great scripts are different. Yeah, and I think to go, in, to go in with an open mind and to go in knowing that this should be joyful and it is full of hope. It's a movie about hope and love and fun and... It's exciting, and so I think it was really important to keep that energy from pre-production all the way to post-production as much as possible. You know, m making movies is challenging, but this is a, this, it's fun. It should be fun. And I think the more that you can create a fun process, the more that's going to show up on screen. Okay, now this is a question I ask a lot of people. Um, 
if you wanted your audience to train to watch your film, where would you want them to start? I'd say start with the really awesome romantic comedies of the 80s. You know, good, traditional, fun, romantic comedy fair. Um, and then realize that the world is dark and angry and maybe get a little pissed off about it and then come back and see our movie. <laughs> that is such a great answer. I, you could watch When Harry Met Sally and then The Lost Boys and then come see our movie. I'm in The Lost Boys, you know. You are? I'm an extra. I was like nine. So, <laughs> like every time I watch it again. And actually the comic shop in Santa Cruz that is related to the comic shop that was they shot at but is now gone. Um, they, ha- they show a scene on loop of the comic shop. And I'm like, you see that little kid's head? That's mine. That's my, and that's my dad. But that's me. <laughs> but you're not getting away from this question. Um, what's the question again? <laughs> if you had to train for, to watch your film, what film do you want them to train with? Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to kind of sabotage the question and say, like, come in with an open mind and come, and come in just curious, curious to just enjoy the next 90 minutes that you're going to have. Um, it's really a mood uplifter. And so if you're having a bad day, I think you should watch Bite Me. Now, what if you're having a good day? You should also watch Bite Me. That is the... Actually, I expect that more from producers. So let's... Actually, I expect that most from publicists. So... And actually, that will be the tagline for everything I do from now on. Um, so, okay. So here's, a, here's an interesting question. When you're dealing with uh, the vampire oeuvre, how much do you play either to or against the expectations of those specific fans? So there's a lot of secret jokes just for vampire f- movie lovers that most people won't get, but they will, <laughs> because I watched almost every vampire movie as <laughs> research for this movie, and I realized that there's a lot of jokes that, like, there's like a lot of standard vampire jokes through the movies if you know and love them. Mm-hmm. So we so we worked in some of those. What I have found is that vampire humor is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Is there, is there a long-haired, shirtless gentleman playing a saxophone at any point in the movie? No, but there is Voltaire. Yes, which is excellent. Yeah, there is a shirtless man. Oh. That's true. At and, one point. And More than one, actually. Oh, that's oh yeah. Actually, that's there's true. actually many shirtless men okay. in this movie. So come for that, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, there are. Excellent. Now, when are y'all showing? So we are premiering tomorrow, Saturday at 9.45 p.m. at the California Theater. That is March 9th. That's our premiere, and uh, we have screenings at on Monday, March 11th at 7.20 p.m. at the Century 20 Redwood City Screen 2, on Wednesday, March 13th at 11.30 a.m. at 3 Below, and Sunday, March 17th at 10.45 a.m. at Century 20 Redwood City Screen 3. Excellent. Okay, now the question I'm asking everyone this year. Everyone gets this question. You are granted godlike powers to force every member of the audience to eat one sandwich while watching your film. What type of sandwich do you force them to eat? Well, I am a goddess. (laughs) And I... 
believe that we should all enjoy a grilled cheese. Think of fluffernutter. Well done. <laughs> a very non-California answer. <laughs> I was going to go along with the grilled cheese because it's like really classic and comforting and gooey and delicious, but I'm going to throw in some really hot salsa oh. to sort of that might drip down your chin and look like blood. Yeah. On brand. <laughs> well, thank you folks so much.